Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Previously on Truth and Justice. I believe that Judy Gonzalez saw something, but I don't think things went down the way that she said they did. I think that you might know something about a car being involved, but I'm not so sure that it was a white Z28 Camaro. And I believe that Ronnie Blackwell, at the very least knows who committed this murder. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good people from around the world who want to make a difference. and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. The only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this very special update edition of Truth and Justice. Six weeks ago, we ended our coverage of our Season 3 case, the murder of Kiao Gove. At the conclusion of Season 3, I told you that we would still be continuing the investigation in the background while we move on to our next case. The information that I'm about to present to you today is a direct result of our real-time crowdsourcing investigation model. You've all heard the name Jill Gillis on this podcast before. Jill is one of our Texas listeners who from the very beginning has dove headfirst into this case and has continued working to track down leads since the conclusion of Season 3. And as it turns out, Jill has come across new information that very well may crack this case. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Brooke Linnet. You spend a third of your life in your sheets. Are they taking care of you the way they should be? With brooklinen.com, you can get the high-quality sheets and bedding you deserve at a price that won't keep you up at night. Brooklinen cuts out unnecessary markups and manufacturing waste in order to offer exquisite designs and exceptional savings across their collection. I've been sleeping on Brooklinen sheets for months now, and they are the highest-quality sheets I have ever slept on. And they're the fastest-growing bedding brand in the world because people love these products. Their sheets have over 12,000 five-star reviews. And they have versatile colors and patterns that you can mix and match to effortlessly complete any decor. This is luxury bedding underpriced. You have to try these sheets. I love my Brooklyn sheets, and I know that if you try them, you're going to love yours too. And Brooklyn.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. You can get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code TRUTH at brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident that you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. There's just no reason not to give these sheets a try. 
But the only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code TRUTH at brooklinen.com. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, and use my promo code TRUTH. Brooklinen. These are the best sheets ever. Today's episode is also sponsored in part by Smile Direct Club. Smile Direct Club believes that you shouldn't have to pay a fortune to get a smile you'll love. They straighten and brighten most smiles for 60% less than other aligners or braces. They work directly with state-certified dentists and orthodontists to ship custom invisible aligners straight to your door in convenient monthly shipments. That means no more expensive in-office visits and no more embarrassing wires or brackets and no more wasting money. I started my Smile Direct journey about five months ago. It was really easy. I did everything from home. I didn't have to go anywhere. My teeth are straight and brighter than ever. You can get started with an at-home impression kit for only $95. But wait, because Smile Direct Club is sponsoring our show, you can get half off of that price. And it's covered by their Smile Guarantee. So if their aligners aren't a good fit for you, you get your money back. With this special offer, you can save 50% off this evaluation cost. And it's completely risk-free. The impression kit is done in the privacy of your own home at your own schedule. And Smile Direct Club's treatment is extremely affordable. Aligner treatment is 60% less than other brands or braces. And you could save even more with insurance or an FSA. Many dental insurance plans reimburse customers for a portion of the cost of invisible aligners. And Smile Direct Club accepts FSAs. Smile Direct Club uses a proprietary cutting-edge technology to help you avoid the inconvenience and cost of monthly office visits to your dentist or orthodontist which cuts the cost up to 70%. They have board-certified licensed dentists and orthodontists within the Smile Direct Club network, and they're involved throughout the entire process to assess and prescribe remote treatment. So if you've been thinking about braces or aligners, you need to check out Smile Direct Club. Remember, you save 50% off the cost of Smile Direct Club's at-home impression kit, and you do that by going to smiledirect.com truth and using our promo code TRUTH at checkout. Visit SmileDirectClub.com slash truth and use our promo code TRUTH today if you, your children, ages 12 and up, or anyone you know is interested in straightening their smiles. That's SmileDirectClub.com slash truth and use our promo code TRUTH. Before we come forward today with our new information... I want to first go back to an investigative note written by Detective Don Watts on August 14, 1993. You've heard this report before, but it's very relevant to what we're about to discuss. The report reads as follows. Attempted to contact Jesse James Swindell Perry at his residence. Jesse was still at the hospital with his sister. I did speak with his two brothers, and they both told me that Ronnie Blackwell had told them that he knew one of the persons who killed the complainant. They went on to say that Ronnie Blackwell had been arrested this morning by the Garland police for auto theft. I checked with Garland, and this information proved to be correct. Now, first of all, before I move on to the rest of this report, there's something in the language of this report that I never noticed before. Let me read this sentence to you again. I did speak with his two brothers, and they both told me that Ronnie Blackwell had told them that he knew one of the persons who killed the complainant. One of the persons. This is something that we'd read past before and I'd never really given much weight to, but this is the first time that we see a clear indication by Ronnie and his family that there were multiple offenders in this murder. 
He doesn't say that he knows who killed the complainant. He says that he knows one of the persons who killed the complainant. Moving on with the report. Contacted Blackwell at Garland PD. He gave me the name of Shane or Sean Quayle, white male, 18 years old approximately. He said that three days after the complainant had been killed, a person named James, white male, 19 years old, told him that Quayle and him, James, had made some money and they were going to buy some dope. They were at the apartments next to Spruce when they had the conversation. Blackwell said that he figured that they had killed the complainant because Quayle was driving a white Z28 with blue writing on the bottom of the vehicle just as his cousin Jesse had described to him. Blackwell said that after the complainant was killed, Quayle parked the Z28 on the parking lot of the little store across from the apartment for about a month. Blackwell gave me the following names of persons who run with Quayle. Number one, Chris Parks, half black, half white, looks like a Mexican, age 19, Lives off Brutton, between Peachtree and Hickory Tree. Street name starts with an M. Number two, Chad Nelms. White male, 19 years old. Blackwell also said that another person named Sammy, white male, 19 years old, 6 foot tall, 165 pounds, long brown hair, runs with Quail. Sammy told him that he, along with Quail, beat up the apartment manager, an old woman, because she had run them out of the apartments. One of the rumors on the street is that the apartment manager of the apartments across from Spruce had either been beat to death or stabbed to death. This information will be checked out. It goes on to say, Found the case Sammy may have been talking about. The complainant's name is Wynn, and her grandson was arrested for that offense. Detective Carney handled the case. It was a combination of this report... Jesse James Swindell's statement about seeing the white Z-28 Camaro on the morning of the murder that led us down the path of the Grove Rats. The assumption has always been that these people that Ronnie Blackwell was naming here were friends of his, people he knew. Let me go back a few paragraphs. Quote, He said that three days after the complainant had been killed, a person named James, a white male, 19, told him that Quayle and him, James, had made some money, and they were going to buy some dope. So this list of suspects starts with a mystery man named James. A James that runs with a guy named Shane or Sean Quayle, who after tireless investigations by myself and many others, we have come to the conclusion that there is no Shane or Sean Quayle. We literally have not been able to find anyone by either of those names anywhere in the United States, much less in Dallas, Texas. The other three names, however, Chris Parks, Chad Elms, and Sammy, do exist. But all of this begins with the man that Ronnie Blackwell says he was hanging out with, James. Listener Jill Gillis was able to track down the James from this report. The James from Pleasant Grove. The James, who was best friends with Chad Nelms. And earlier this week, Jill put me in contact with the man who was supposedly friends with Ronnie Blackwell, whose name is actually James Bradley. James, the police report we're talking about uh, is where Detective Watts had gone to speak with Ronnie Blackwell. And Ronnie gave him a list of names 
uh, people that he thought might have been involved in the murder. And the way it was written in the report, it made it seem as though these were friends of his, people he hangs out with, and that's how he got this information. Yeah, it's not the case at all. I mean, he mentioned Chad and uh, Chris Parks and and Sammy, and uh, I know me and Chad definitely were not friends with him. We didn't even hang out with him at all. I mean, other than when I was younger. I mean, that was like 12, I was like 12 years old at that time. When I was younger, though, we were friends. We were real good friends. And then uh, he stole my bike, and my uncle almost shot him. My cousin chased him down. And I don't know if he got arrested for it, but I knew the police were out there. Like a few months later, he came over and he apologized for that. We were friends again. And we were out in the backyard shooting BBs at some cans or whatever with a pellet gun. And the crazy thing about that is that that pellet gun shot two BBs at a time. It was real powerful. It was a little pop-up twenty-two mm-hmm. pellet gun. And he chased me down and he shot me in the head with it. And I almost died before I got to the hospital bleeding out. He literally he put the gun up in my face and I, I pushed the gun down and told him to quit playing. Then he uh, he clicked the button and it didn't shoot. So he's out of BBs. So my brother had all the BBs. And so I knew he was about to get those BBs and he's supposed to shoot me with it. So I took off running and he shot at me a couple of times after he got the BBs from my brother. My brother says he punched him and took the, uh, took the BBs from him. And uh, as I was rounding up in front of my truck, I was probably about... I don't know, say 25, 30 feet away from him, he shot. And uh, two BBs hit my head, and one of them went in my head and uh, hit my main artery right by my ear. And blood just started squirting everywhere. And I was running in the house to get my parents, and blood was squirting out of my head, pouring out of my head. And my parents grabbed me and jumped in the van, and we headed to the hospital. And, you know, I was... I was just minutes away from bleeding out. I was freezing to death, man. Because all the blood was running out of me. And he casually just walked away like nothing happened. Do, do you know if anything ever happened to him because of that? I heard that he did get arrested for that and that he did go to juvenile. But, I mean, I don't know that for sure. But apparently he got something. Something happened with that. And I'm not really sure because I didn't associate with him after that at all. Did you ever get any indication or did Ronnie ever say why he shot you or do you know why he shot you? My brother says that he said he wanted to know what it felt like. One but note. like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't there whenever he took the BBs from my brother because I'd already took off running. Mm-hmm. He said he wanted to know what it felt like, what, to, to shoot someone? Yeah. In my conversations with James, I was shocked to find out that not only was Ronnie Blackwell not friends with him, Chad Nelms, Sammy, or Chris Parks, but he and James, in fact, hated one another. And James's childhood story gives us quite a bit of insight into the mentality of Ronnie Blackwell. Stole his bike and then shot him in the head, nearly killing him, because, quote, he wanted to know what it felt like to shoot someone. And while this information is interesting to say the least, the fact that the list of names that Ronnie Blackwell gave to Detective Watts were people that he didn't associate with at all, 
and the fact that he here again indicates that there were multiple offenders. Quote, Blackwell said that he figured they had killed the complainant. Keep in mind that most people throughout the neighborhood, and according to James Bradley, even at the school, thought that Keough had been killed by a lone attacker. The rumor at school is that it must have been a sexual assault gone wrong, and the rumor around the neighborhood was that Kenneth Ray Williams was responsible. Ronnie seems to be the only one indicating that there were multiple offenders who killed Keough. About 10 minutes into my conversation with James, things took an unexpected turn. My bio mom, which is, I call her my aunt because she adopted me out to my aunt and uncle, which I call my mom. My aunt, my aunt's name was Pat Bradley, and she adopted me and my sister. And her sister was, was my bio mom, and so we call her Aunt Barbara, or just Barbara. But she was always in our lives, you know, so we knew, we knew the story behind that and everything, so... When I say my Aunt Barbara, she's actually my bio mom. And when I say my mom, it's my adopted mom. Got it. And one morning, uh, uh, she actually, my mom's sitting right there. Right after the break. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. James had started to tell me a story that his mother had told him when he noticed that his mother was sitting right there. And he asked if I wanted to talk to her. I, of course, said yes, and this is what his mother, Pat, had to tell me. You need to talk to me? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, barely. Okay. Um, can you tell me, what what is your, your full name? My name's Pat. Pat. Okay, and what's your last name? Bradley. Pat Bradley. Okay. Uh, Pat, my name is Bob, and uh, your son, James, had it started to tell me about... Uh, a situation where your sister had come to your house one morning back in 1991 um, to to tell you about something she saw uh, that related to a murder. Can you can you just go through and explain to us what happened that morning? What you remember? Okay, I remember she um, was coming down uh, September. That's the name of the street. She's going south in September going down towards Sayville Road. When she said to stop to wait for the traffic on Sayville Road so she can turn, well, there's a black, shiny, four-door car that she saw three men jump into. She saw them throw out a bag of trash or something. She didn't know what it was. 
she went around them, and she came down, and when she stopped, here they come up behind her and nearly hit her. And she got scared. She didn't know what was going on. She just thought they would uh, speed her. So she came running up here, all upset and shaking and nervous and telling me and James about it. And uh, But she did, was going to call police, so she didn't have no license plate number or anything like that. She thought it was just a hot water. Then later on that evening, that evening, in the same area that we found out there was a body there. If I have your location right, so she was going south on September, and she saw it about where at on September. Was it one end or the other or the middle? Where where do you, did you it, say? I'd say, well, I think about in the middle. About halfway there between Grady and Yeah, Old about halfway. Okay. Between Trevor Road and Grady. Did she Grady say? Grady Lane. Okay. Uh, did she say if it was um, on which side? If it was on the, the side of the road where the school's at, or at the or on the other side where the houses were? So September only runs that one area. Right. So the fence of the school coming south now. The fence would be on the west. It's uh, okay going. It would be going south to be on the right. Right. Okay. All right. And uh, the back of the houses is on the left. Correct. So, which which side did was it on the school side or the house side? Was it on the right or the left? School side. What she saw was thought was trash is on the school side. On the school side. Okay, so that would be the the west side of the road. Right west. Yeah, that's why I told you west and east. Yeah. Okay. So so she she's driving down September uh, between Grady and Old Siegelville on it was the, that morning that the um, the cafeteria lady was murdered was July twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one. Was it what time of day was it? Early in the morning. Early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then what she said she saw she thought they were um, there was a group of people that were she thought they were throwing trash out of the car. Did she, was she able to? I know you. Yeah, said, she thought. She thought it was the guys throwing trash out of the car. She didn't really pay that much attention because she had to go around them. But she she saw them throw out something. Was she able to describe how many people and what they looked like? They were three white guys. Three white guys. And then I thought I heard you say yeah. the, the car was, was black, she said? It was a black, shiny four-door. Black, shiny four-door. And then... She continued, you said, down to the stop sign at Old Siegelville, and they went around her down there? Yes. She was sitting there waiting on the traffic to fear so she can take a right. And the school, I guess school was going on, traffic was going on, so during the summer school. And they flew around her, like, like really fast, fast. They didn't have time to look and see if there's any traffic coming. That's what scared her, because they nearly hit her. So she tells you that morning, and then you guys realized later that day that someone had been murdered in that area? It was later, later that day, way later that day or the next day that we found out there was a body. Somebody said a woman got stabbed. Did she ever contact the police with that information? No, because uh, she thought, well, she didn't see nobody. She just thought it was trash they was doing that, and she didn't think nothing about it. And she knew she didn't have no license plate numbers to get them for speeding. She was so scared, she panicked. And she comes straight to me and James and 
and all of us here and uh, telling us about it. And I said, well, Barbara, you're waiting on how can you call police? You don't have a last plate of the vehicle. But that's all we knew. It was a speeder at that time. Pat's account about what her sister Barbara had to tell me absolutely blew my mind. Early in the morning, on the exact morning when Kiao's body was found, halfway down September Street, on the school grounds, Barbara saw three white males dumping something that she believed to be trash in that exact location. And as we know from the crime scene photos and all of the reports, there was absolutely and certainly no trash anywhere near the location where Kiao's body was found. For all these months, we've been looking for a white Z28 Camaro. Then later, after talking to Sylvia, considering a white, what she called, boat. And now, another witness comes forward, telling us that there were three white male suspects in a shiny black car. There is one thing consistent amongst all of these witness statements, amongst everyone and anyone who seems to know anything about this murder, that there were multiple offenders and they were in a car. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. We need to find someone who in 1991 was driving a four-door shiny black car. Let me read to you this report in Watts' investigative notes from August 6, 1993. Quote, I ran a check and found a Ronnie Eugene Blackwell, white male, 19 years old. He shows to have been driving a 1978 Oldsmobile four-door. All of this information has been turned over to Allison Clayton of the Innocence Project of Texas, who has forwarded it along to Cynthia Garza of the Dallas County Conviction Integrity Unit. They will be picking up the investigation from here. I'll give a special thank you to Jill Gillis for all of her hard work 
in her dedication to truth and justice, specifically in this case. As of right now, we will again be concluding our coverage of the murder of Kiao Go until new information presents itself. For anyone listening that would like to come forward with any new information, you can reach out to us through our email, theories at truthandjusticepod.com, or you can call our tip line at 269-224-2833. And now, as Season 3 and Season 4 have been concluded, it's time to move on to our new case, our Season 5 case, the reinvestigation of the West Memphis Three. The premiere episode, number 501, will be dropping next Sunday, November 5th. Stay tuned after today's credits to listen to a short three-minute trailer for Season 5. Truth and Justice is a production of NBI Studios. Michael Bussing is our executive producer, and Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. Thank you to Tate Krupa for designing and creating our logo. Thank you to Chris Brinkley and Katie Ross for all their work on our website, which should be up to date very soon. Thank you to our transcription team, Anna Dindorf, Britta Bliss, Stephanie McConnell, and Sarah Mueller. And thank you to Desiree Dunn for mailing and printing the transcripts every week. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your support, your engagement, and your dedication to truth and justice. Make sure you connect with us on social media, either on Facebook or at our Twitter handle, at TruthJusticePod. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. West Memphis 3 is a case that has been picked over by literally millions of people from around the world. On May 6, 1993, the bodies of three eight-year-old boys were discovered in a shallow drainage ditch in the transient town of West Memphis, Arkansas. These were the days of the satanic panic era in the United States. The murder of these three little boys was so shocking and so grotesque that investigators believe that they were murdered as part of a satanic cult ritual. Three teenagers, underclassed and unpopular, were quickly targeted by police and arrested for the murders. The case drew international attention through a three-part documentary called Paradise Lost, in another documentary titled West of Memphis. There was even a Hollywood movie about the case, The Devil's Knot. Eighteen years after their arrest, the three teenagers, now grown men known as the West Memphis Three, were finally set free.
Jason Baldwin, Jesse Ms. Kelly, and Damian Eccles were forced to plead guilty in exchange for time served in order to avoid Damian Eccles' execution. Justice was never served in this case. The three live their lives today as convicted murderers. And the real killers of Stevie Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers has never been brought to justice. The Truth and Justice podcast, through a real-time crowdsourcing approach, hopes to finally change that. We are going back to ground zero to reinvestigate this case. We will attack the misconceptions, hear from new witnesses, reanalyze evidence, hear from real experts, and engage the hundreds of thousands of listeners with every skill set from around the world to dig out the truth and bring justice, real justice, to the forgotten three, Michael, Christopher, and Stevie. The Season 5 journey of Truth and Justice will begin on November 5th. Download Episode 501 on iTunes, Audioboom, or your favorite podcast directory. Be a part of the investigation, and together, let's try to bring truth and justice to the West Memphis Three.